When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are live. Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show. It is Friday, February 9th. I am Josh Engelman. I'm joined by Matt Bellman. We are brought to you by BetMGM. We've got a six-game slate ahead of us. Some really weird stuff going on for some of these teams heading out of the trade deadline from yesterday. Lots of shorthandedness. Lots of team. One team in particular, the Washington Wizards, playing nobody you ever want to play at center, which should be a great time. So... Hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you know when everything goes live. Follow us both on Twitter. What's going on, dude? Nothing. Um, how was your night last night? Uh, not great. Uh, too much Giannis. Turns out he was dreadful. And not enough Jay Crowder, who was obviously going to be the better option from the Bucks in comparison to everybody else. Why would you want to have Giannis when you could have Jay Crowder? I always say. Yeah, what pretty crazy you? slate. I didn't play Giannis and I was, I bubbled right outside the cash because I also oh. didn't play Josh Hart. Um, I waited for the Phoenix news. I played Durant, Gordon, and Nurkic, but I also nice. played Boncaro and he was not good. Yeah. So wrong, wrong magic guy, apparently. Yeah. Wrong magic guy. I saw Sheets took down the $15 with a pretty sick lineup. Kudos. Kudos to him. Um, always good to see someone I like. Take down the hundred. Yeah, it's always fun. Yeah, he he's is. a good dude. He is. Um, oh, this one's weird, man. The Wizards are disgusting. They're seventeen point dogs. The Hornets are disgusting. They're fourteen and a half point underdogs. I didn't know they cut Ish Smith last night and Frank Nilakina and uh, James Booknight. I didn't see the Ish one until this morning, but he is no longer on the Hornets, so he's off to go pick up a new team for his list. Um, I hope I want the Knicks to sign him because I don't think he's been in New York yet. <laughs> so just like get this dude another team. Yeah, get him a jersey, like all 30 jerseys that he can hang up in his office. How great would that be? That'd be amazing. I mean, that's like a Hall of Fame worthy if you're able to do that. Oh man. He's just it's so many teams. I feel like you never you'll like we'll never see that again for someone. Like is that a record that will never be broken? Oh, man, I I feel like I don't know if the league's diff, a little bit different now in that regard. Um, I don't know if it'll be broken because I feel like teams at this point are just quicker to give up on guys and guys won't. I don't know. Maybe I'm completely off there. It's one of those things, though, where like you've got to be. You've got to be good enough to be in the league for like 15 years, but also 
not good enough that anybody ever wants to keep you. Which is like, such a, like a a narrow window, right? Like just is, to be good enough. Like, if you're to really be... good, then you're never getting traded that frequently or cut or whatever. And if you're so bad, then you're just never making it back. He fits in like this very little window where he can be like the fourth best ball handler on every team for a decade. Yeah, honestly, I don't know if we'll see it again. Not because of anything else other than it's such an anomaly to happen to anyone to begin with. It really is. It's so wild. It's so wild. And he is live to get at least one or two more teams tacked on. Like, I mean, if you're going to be a backup on the Hornets, you're probably running towards the end of the list of teams that can still pick you up and like be interested because like most teams are better than the Hornets. But if anybody can do it, it seems like it could be ish at this point. Get him two or three more. Like, let's let's run that number up as high as we can get it. How many has he been on? Uh, 13, maybe? That's so nuts. 13 is what's in my head. Uh, I could get corrected with a higher number. I would not be surprised. Who's got the most recent tweet for it? 14. Uh, 13 teams. Sorry, I'm right. Houston, Memphis, Golden State, Orlando, Milwaukee, Phoenix, OKC, Philly twice, the Pels, the Pistons, Wizards twice, Hornets twice, Denver Nuggets. So, it's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he's got to stick around long enough to play for, like, the Vegas team and when Seattle comes back, <laughs> that kind of stuff. You ready to that's talk about the fun. slate? Yeah, that's going to be fun when Seattle comes back. It really is. Like, um, there's, to me, certainly enough talent in the league to get up to 32 teams now. I like the idea of having 16 and 16. I would, I mean, I would obviously just get rid of what I would like them to do is add two teams, get to 32, get rid of conferences, just play it out fully. And then they're never going to do this, but cut the season from 82 games to 62 games. And you just play a home and home against everybody. And then we reestablish something else somewhere, but they are never going to do that because the chances of them cutting 20 basketball games out of the regular season is zero. Yeah. That will never happen just because of money. The conference yeah. thing is, is interesting to me because I feel like, the only reason we really have conferences still is because that's the way we always did things, right? Like it doesn't. Well, you make had it sense. back in the day because traveling yeah. from Boston to Los Angeles wasn't all that fun in 1964. <laughs> or are they taking the, the the trolley? Yeah, horses take a while. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you're right about that. I feel like at this point, though, conferences are completely not needed, and they're almost more of a detriment because we see this all the time, where one conference is much better than the other. As far as yeah. cutting back the games, everyone knows that the NBA needs to cut some of their regular season games. Everyone yeah. also knows it will never happen because you're just taking money out of everyone's pockets in that case. Yeah, it gets interesting because you also have the opportunity of if you reduce the amount of regular season games, does it in can you increase the value of those games enough to offset some of those costs? Like if you have if you only had like it's in the NFL, you're going to have really high NFL ticket prices, generally speaking, because there's only 16 options or whatever, 17 options for you to go see it. Can you because so there's some wiggle room. You don't just immediately give up everything. Can you figure out a way to make it all back? I don't know. Probably not, but. There's something there. It would make the product so much better. I'm with you. Yeah. Give me a home and home against everybody and you just figure it out from there. Or not. I don't know. I could be wrong. What do I know? 
Very little. I know about today's slate. We could talk about that if you're interested. I am. I was going to say, if you know about it, uh, it's all you. Because it's a hard one to know about. Uh, I'll try to know about it. That's the kind of stuff that I live for. Just like realignment. that Moving like... I care less about actual basketball and more about the mechanics of the the things behind the scenes than just about anything else. Yeah, yeah, baseball has too many games as well. That that's another one that's just 162 is that that is a season. I love baseball, but that is too many games. I love baseball as well, but it is too many games for a regular season. It's just uh yeah. It's like kind of, I don't want to say it's watered down, but with you know injuries so much more prevalent, I feel like it it would do them justice to cut back as well. And yet it'd be so weird, like oh they're they're cutting it back to 144 games. It's like well that still sounds ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like there is no number. Um, no, and the other thing about baseball, it's so funny. You know, we'll talk about this when we actually talk about baseball. The sample size still isn't even close to big enough in 162 games. No, oh, baseball's so wild. Coming back soon. But basketball is here for us. And the Atlanta Hawks are three and a half point favorites in Philadelphia. 243 total in this one. This is the highest total on the slate. The other totals for today, 237, 232, 232, 232, 235. So everybody's got the same total except for this one. Uh, Philly, we'll get into in a second. Atlanta, on the other hand, uh, DeJounte Murray, questionable. And he is questionable to play for the Atlanta Hawks today because he is still on the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, he has lower back tightness. We shall see if that's a real designation or not. DeAndre Hunter is probable. Clint Capella still out. We've got like 10 to 15% ownership coming into Murray, to Jalen Johnson, to Onyeko Kongwu, and to Trey Young. What stands out to you for Atlanta, considering they are in a pretty nice spot against whatever this Philly team is? Yeah, couldn't have said it any better. I like Trey Young a lot here. Um, yeah. There are a few good spend-up spend up options tonight. Giannis not being the least of which, but... Trey Young and Maxi from the other side look really, really good here. I'm having a little bit of trouble separating between those two, but I like both a lot. Trey Young, definitely my favorite piece from Atlanta. I like Okongwu still. Um, Price yeah. is rising, so certainly not a must, but he's got upside here against a watered-down Philly front court. Bogdanovich becomes in play if Murray's out. Basically the same thing we saw last game. How about you? They look solid, and I, I think that's what we're seeing coming out of like the boom-bust tool right now. We have, call it 10% ownership to Trey, Murray, Jalen Johnson, and Okongwu. Trey Young's 12% optimal. Murray's 12% optimal. Jalen Johnson's 11% optimal. In this case, Okongwu is 8% optimal, a little bit lower, but they're all basically right around that 10% range. I think Trey looks the best of anybody that I could get to from Atlanta. If Murray is in at 7,600, I really do like that price tag. I'm, I'm, I have no problem getting there. You know, Okongwu is going to play really big minutes. He still has the power forward eligibility, which makes him very easy to get to. And then Jalen Johnson just plays like 36, 37, 38 minutes every single night. He's just a firm part of this rotation. 7,400 feels... That's a full price tag for him, but still very viable on a six gamer, particularly when it's not Joel Embiid on the opposite side. And you're also missing like six other dudes that have been playing for Philly. So I like getting to these pieces from Atlanta. I just don't see one of them that is on a different level. I think they all look pretty similar relative to salary. Trey is the first guy you want, though. 
I'm with you. And I'm with you on Jalen Johnson also. Like his price tag doesn't stand out, but he's been really good all year. So when I look at Jalen Johnson at 7,400, it seems too high, but it's not. It's appropriate. You want to talk about this Philly team now? Because this is where we really got to go. Not really, but they are very, very important for this slate. So let's get after it. So no Nick Batum, no Covington, no Embiid, no Melton. By all accounts, we will not have Buddy Heald or Campaign, newly minted Sixers. They got rid of Marcus Morris. They got rid of Jaden Springer. They got rid of Patrick Beverly. They got rid of Daniel House. And they got rid of Furkan Korkmaz. As best I can tell, Philly God, has nine active bodies today. I'm going to name some guys that you've heard of, some that you might not know. One, in fact, that I did not know. Maxi, Harris, Paul Reed, Mo Bamba, Kelly Oubre. Those names should all sound very familiar. Uh, we have Kenneth Lofton is on this team and should be available today. Uh, Turkavion Smith has shown up from time to time recently. KJ Martin, Kenyon Martin, Kenyon Martin Jr. He's going to have a different name everywhere you look, but that that person doesn't count as two. He's one. That's eight. And in case you weren't paying attention, Ricky Council the fourth is also a member of the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, He was not in my depth chart earlier today, did not know he was a real person, and yet he is pulling 20% ownership. (laughs) right now as is 36 percent to kj martin around 10 to 15 on turkavion smith tobias harris tyrese maxi you've got a little bit of love coming into paul reed kelly Ubre is still here mobamba is here as a backup center start wherever you want i mean i don't know like you have to have exposure to philly here i mean i think yeah. we'll, we'll separate it into tiers the top tier is clearly maxi and harris the other part of this is that they're in a good spot. Atlanta sucks. So they're going to yeah. be able, they should be able to score here. And this game should be competitive. Yeah. I'm not even sure yeah, what three the and a half point here. line in Philadelphia. Like that's a good recipe for the Sixers side of this one. Philly's favorite, I presume. No, Atlanta's favorite. No, okay. Which doesn't shock me, but I wouldn't have been surprised either way. Um, yeah. Just because it's in Philly, Atlanta's not sure. anything to write home about either. But Philly is sliding hard, so the line makes sense to me either way. After Maxi and Harris, man, I like Ricky Council. This is one where I know that I'm sure you'll say too. He's coming in with so much leverage: thirty four percent chance of being optimal, twenty percent ownership. Those numbers are going to even out. Like no way it stays like that throughout the course of the day either the optimal percentage comes down or the ownership comes up. I'm more prone to say the ownership comes up just because of the bodies they have and the lack of bodies they have in the backcourt. So man, Maxi could play like the whole damn game here. I mean, he really could. Yeah. Um, I have legitimately 20% on the dot of Reed, Turkavion Smith, Tobias Harris, and Tyrese Maxey. So I'm over on all four of those dudes. I'm light on council right now. That could change because I don't have a great feel for what this rotation will really look like. I assume the starters are Maxey, Harris, Reed, Oubre, and question mark. And I think question mark is probably KJ Martin. Probably. I'm also not sure exactly what they're going to do either. And like you said, they only have nine bodies. Um, I will say, 
does the emergence or pre not emergence presence of Kenneth Lofton Jr. make you a little bit leery of Bamba? Um, I don't think Bamba's going to like play over him, but I wouldn't be surprised if Lofton's in the mix here. I gave Lofton 15 minutes. I gave Bamba 19 minutes. Um, I think those are very live to like wiggle around a little bit. Yeah. They're so light on actual size that I think both of those guys are just going to be out there no matter what. Both those guys are really good fantasy producers too. So they really are. Lofton, somewhere in that fantasy point per minute range, generally speaking. Mo Bamba is a 1.1 fantasy point per minute guy in my model. Everybody is playable for Philadelphia today in some way. And there's like a path to that success. I think Lofton's the last guy you get to just because he's definitely the scariest. But at the same time, there's nothing stopping him from going out there and playing 20 minutes on a day where you only have nine dudes. Yeah, 100%. I am most leery of Kelly Oubre. He played garbage time last game. Like Jaden <laughs> Springer was benched and he played garbage time. Now, again, they don't have bodies here, so nope. he'll play. But I think it's already a situation when this is what happens to Ubre. like pretty much everywhere he goes, he falls out of favor a little bit. Yeah. So tonight, I you know, you don't have to play him in DFS, but he's certainly in play um, just because of their lack of bodies. This team without MB kind of sucks. Yeah, they do. They really do. I mean, like, obviously, they're going to look a little bit better if you can get Buddy Heald out there and DeAnthony Melton out there and Nick Batum. I mean, they're, they're missing like four legitimate rotation pieces today. Batum, yeah, true. Embiid, Anthony, and and DeAnthony Melton. I mean, they're missing three starters to a degree. And, and Buddy Heald. Yeah, and Buddy Heald will certainly be like a key cog in their rotation. Like, we're missing 200 minutes of real play. You got to play a lot of Philly, though. Who Who is your favorite Philly option for today? It's got to be Maxie. I see Maxie playing so much here. I want to like Terquavion Smith. And yeah. I think he's in play because he's a really good fantasy producer, but might be a little bit thin depending on what else comes out on this slate. Um, that said, he's projected for 15 and a half fantasy points. So firmly in play, if nothing else. He's interesting to me just because if you're ever going to go small with like Maxie and Smith in the backcourt, Trey Young and DeJounte Murray on the opposite side is like sort of the way that you can do that. Like, they don't, there's not a lot of big, they don't have a big backcourt either. And if you can get Smith to 21, 22 minutes, like we gave him 19 and a half, I went 18. I don't think it would be all that crazy for him to get 22 or 23. And if, if that's the case at 3,300, I like it. And I think the matchup plays into their hands a little bit. It's funny. You talked about their lack of size, which is true. They also have a lack of ball handlers, like yes. pretty much all the middle, all the all the mediocre guys for them are wings today. So I'm with you. I could see Smith playing a good amount here because besides him and Max, like those are their two guards that are going to play the entire game. Council as well, but I don't know anything about him. So I know he played at Arkansas, went undrafted, but I know nothing about his trajectory this season so far. I like. Did he play at Wichita State as well? Oh, maybe transferred there or something. Um, he did play his first two years were at Wichita State, and then he transferred to Arkansas for his third year. Uh, okay. Shot forty-seven. Or nope, that's not the right rate. He shot twenty-seven percent from three at Arkansas. Uh, that is not good. 
it's not good. I'd so much rather play Turquavion Smith, to be honest. It's just the shooting yeah. guard eligibility really helps counsel. Well, enjoy Philly, everybody. Um, we're going to need a little bit more information here, but starting lineup will be important, assuming it's Martin. I guess we kind of poo-pooed KJ Martin here. He is 36% owned the most of anybody on this team. Assuming he's starting 4,100 power forward center, lots of minutes to go around. It's the power forward eligibility that really is carrying him. Not a good per minute dude, though. Not a good per minute dude. Bad per minute dude. Um, yeah, that's a better way to say it. I would not. I would rather not get to him, but at some point, the price point just becomes so valuable. Um, trying to think about who it was last night, or we we see this on pretty much every slate. It's not even about what he does; it's about who else you can roster with him. I got nothing else for this game. I kind of wish they weren't playing Atlanta because they look good. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be. I hate that it's the the first like. I hate locking in value like this in the first game, too, where it's just like, okay, cool. I'm going to have a hundred and something percent ownership to Philadelphia. I hate that as well. What I do like, though, is stochastic.com slash avatar. It's a URL that you can go to to get our logo that you could use on DraftKings, FanDuel, Owner's Box, or Yahoo. And if you do that and you finish in the top three of a contest with 5,000 or more entries, you can get one month of whichever package you want at Stochastic, as long as it's not the all-sports package. That's a little bit too much for us to give up here. But if you want the NBA package, that's what you could take. You would get projections, ownership, our Sims tool, contest generator, the lineup generator, our premium Discord. You'd get it for a month. It's a $200 value. And the only thing you have to do when you're using our logo is tweet your result at Stochastic HOF. So if you're in the top three of a contest with 5,000 or more, tweet it at, at Stochastic HOF. Show us the lineup. Show us the contest you were in. We want to see what you were doing. And we want to promote it to everybody else. We want to show you off to the world. We get a little bit of uh, marketing benefit for it. I'm not going to lie to you guys. But you also then get one month of Stochastic. And that's a pretty good deal for zero cost to you. No dollar. It doesn't. Nothing comes out of your pocket whatsoever. All you have to do is use our avatar. Also, schedule for the rest of the day. NFL Strategy Show coming up next. That is at 11 a.m., NFL is going to be done in a couple days. Super Bowl on Sunday. Get ready to eat your chicken wings. But we've got an NFL strategy show breaking it down later. Right after this, honestly, in 35 minutes. I'll be back for the NBA Deeper Dive later tonight with Eric. And then you will get NBA Live before lock from 6 to 7. The Washington Wizards are 17-point underdogs in Boston. Uh, they are, It's a 237 total. Now, for the Wizards... Marvin Bagley is out. Isaiah Livers is out. Patrick Baldwin is questionable. And they traded Daniel Gafford yesterday. So come on down. It seems Eugene Omer Yuri, $3,800 power forward center eligible. He is projected for 35% ownership. Now we have his optimal rate at 11. This is going to be uh, up for a pretty big discussion. We only went 20 minutes. I went 24. I have no idea what they're doing here. I'm quite confident we don't either at this moment. That's just, uh, it's a really rough spot for trying to figure out who the starting center is going to be, especially in this matchup where they're going to get, what they should get destroyed by Boston, although Boston does play down to their competition quite regularly. You could get Anthony Gill in this place instead of Omer Yuri. You could get Patrick Baldwin in this place instead of Omer Yuri. 
I don't really know who this fifth starter is going to be. You, they could go small and go Kuzma. None of nothing surprises me in this case right now. But if Omer Yuri is starting because of that power forward eligibility, that thirty five percent ownership looks pretty real. Yeah, I expect him to be starting, and he's not an awful fantasy producer either. Like when he gets run, mm-hmm. remember he was on OKC last year. Um, now a lot of his run comes in garbage time because he's not good, yeah. but there will probably be loads of garbage time in this game. And even if there's, I mean, if there's not, and he's starting, like, he just looks like I'm shocked. His optimal percentage right now is so low compared to his ownership. This is another one where they will even out presuming he's starting. He's the best value on the slate, even better than the Sixers guys in my eyes, just because of that power forward eligibility. Yeah. And I'm with you. There's a ton of volatility in his minutes here, but it seems he's been the direct backup to Gafford. Like I was watching the Phoenix game the other day where they played two games ago and Gafford got into foul trouble. Omiuri came right in. So yeah, I, I think mean, it's going to either, either be him or Baldwin. If Baldwin's in, I think he, he could see it as well. And he's 3,400 power forward only. So all that matters really is who we're getting as the name starter. I also think they're very live to just have it be Kuzma. I I don't disagree, but it's also not a great spot for that. I mean, not that like Oma Yuri is somehow going to matter on defense, but you're asking a lot of Kuzma to put him at the five here in my eyes. I think that, well, I mean, there's there's a shit team that's a 17-point dog. Do yeah, they just go I mean, five out and just let it sail? Yeah. like You, know, you bring it, in who, like... Like it's a let's who started in their last game. Let me pull them up. When did they play last? Oh, Cleveland. Here we go. So starting lineup was Poole, Jones, Gafford, Avdi, Kuzma. Do you just pull out Gafford and start Kispert or Kulabali and just say like, all right, we're going to switch everything. We're just going to let it fly. And then Omer Yuri and Anthony Gill or Patrick Baldwin, whoever it is, play like 16 minutes off the bench as backups. Honestly, that's probably what they should do. Because, like, they it's not like do that. I mean, it's not like Omer Yuri's matching up with Kristaps Porzingis. He's probably smaller than Kuzma. Like, he's not probably. a tall dude. No, he's six, he, six. Yeah, he definitely wasn't like. I remember watching him at Oregon randomly when he played in college, and he was obviously really good because all these guys in the NBA are usually really good in college. He's not like a big, big dude. That said, no. he is bigger than like Corey Kispert. So yeah, he's I, I'm with you. Yeah, like who the hell knows what Washington is going to do? And Not me. I would be interested in these guys off the bench. Like, and I don't think they're out of play. You know, even if Omer Yuri doesn't start here, but such a bad spot. There's other good value on the slate. I think you really want the starter in this spot. And I think Kuzma looks good at 7,700, especially in this scenario. By the way. Tallest two dudes on tallest guy on the team right now is Marvin Bagley at 6'10. Denny Avdia, Kuzma, and Patrick Baldwin are all listed at 6'9. Then you get Kispert at 6'7, Gill at 6'7, Eugene Omer Yuri at 6'7. So do you think do you think it's possible like some of the trades that happened yesterday, the guys are active today? I doubt it. I doubt it. It's not out of the realm of possibility. It's just, it's all, all these guys have to get like medicals done and everything right. today. And usually the coordination of that needs more than a day. It's not like if you're lucky enough where like that guy is, was close to the city and could get that shit done and turned around. Yeah. 
But like if you trade for somebody that was in Portland last night and you're Miami, like just the logistics of getting them in front of a team doctor and going through everything makes it pretty difficult. Yeah, I'm with that. I would suspect that pretty much everyone who was traded is not available till tomorrow at the earliest, but we might see a couple guys trickle in that are active today. Yeah. I'll say this. Whoever the fifth starter is, if it's Omer Yuri or Baldwin or Gill or whatever, that person will look pretty good. If it's Kispert, certainly will look a little bit better. Other than that, like it's Kuzma and nothing for me because this matchup against Boston is awful. Yeah, I don't really even want to play Kuzma. I think he's fine for his price point, but I would rather not spend up on Washington guy, any Washington guy here personally. The Boston side is tricky. Now they shipped out nobody. I assume Tillman is available today. Should not matter in any way. We do have a Q tag on Jason Tatum. I have no idea why he would play today. <laughs> like just whatever, whatever illness you have, Jason, go ahead and grab yourself an IV, get a movie at the hotel, do whatever you need to do. Cause that you are not needed for this one. That said, he does look like the best option for Boston. Assuming it's white Brown Tatum holiday and Porzingis starting like the matchup is incredible, but they should need these guys very little. If I'm playing anybody, it's Tatum. He has the most ownership, most optimal rate. The more likely scenario is that I'm probably not playing much of Boston unless we lose Tatum. Funny how good of a spot it is. You know how they're 85 point favorites and no one is getting love and no one's even projected with a high optimal percentage. It's because they're so good and they do yeah. a really, it's not even just like, like on any given night. Sure. Any of these guys has upside, but more often than not, you see them all just be good. And like, maybe one of them is really good, but it's rare. Like you get the outlier game where like one of them is just so much better than the others because they're all really good. So I never mind getting to any of the good Boston players, but as of now, unless Tatum's out, I don't think anyone's a priority. And I'm with you on Tatum sitting here. My only reservation is that you see this with some of these guys now. I know Anthony Edwards talks about this a lot, and so does Tatum. He likes playing in every game that he can. So, like, yeah. if he can play, I think he plays tonight. If there's any question, I think they're smart to sit him. Today would be the good day to sit him. I have nothing else to add here for, for Boston. Same. I'm looking to see if they play tomorrow. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. They don't. They play Sunday. Shit, I wouldn't want to play that one either. <laughs> Sunday in Miami, though. That'll be a fun one. Yeah. For the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm sure that'll be a real popular game to watch. Houston right. Rockets. Two-point dogs in Toronto. 232 total. We still have no Fred Van Vliet for this one, which is creating 70% owned Amon Thompson, who got the start last time. We'll assumingly get the start again today. I have him in 70% of my lineups as well. Uh, 5,300 point guard shooting guard. As of right now, probably the best play on today's slate. 
Uh, just the easiest dude to get to, you know, price tag works, position works, six games late. Any disagreements on Amon Thompson? No, it looks great here. Shooting guard eligibility is just the cherry on, on top. So he looks like probably as of this moment, the best play on the slate in my mind too. Yeah. Now the rest of Houston still looks pretty good here. Toronto is a pretty weird team at this moment and they made some trades. So they're a little thin. You've got about 20% ownership coming into Aaron Holiday, Alperin Shingoon, and Jabari Smith, around 10 for Cam Whitmore and Dylan Brooks. Do you see anything else for Houston that you want to get? Because I've got about 20% of Shingoon and Jabari Smith. Yeah, Jabari Smith looks good. Sangoon looks good. They're both pulling the ownership. So I like the idea of getting to Dylan Brooks in tournaments, coming in with yeah. really nice leverage, 15% chance of being optimal, 10% ownership. I mean, he's got a... Compare that to Jabari Smith, who's only 9% to be optimal and 22% ownership. Those numbers look off to me. Feels a little high. I'm just, why is Dylan Brooks? I like the Dylan Brooks shout uh, because I like him with no Fred Van Vliet around. I think he just handles the ball a little bit more. I agree with that, but it's surprising to me to see him with an optimal percentage double of Jabari Smith. I mean, that just makes me like Dylan Brooks that much more. I just wouldn't expect that looking at the slate from an outside perspective. I think it's just a testament to saving $600. Mm-hmm. Brooks is shooting guard small forward, so a little bit more flexibility on a six-gamer. And then Jabari Smith is only power forward. I think it's just one of those situations where, for right now, Brooks makes lineups fit a little bit better before we get to like all of the value that will exist by the end of the day. Is my yeah, guess. fair point. Yeah, fair point. And I think that Jabari is certainly underpriced for his upside. Probably appropriately priced for his median outcome at this moment. Um, We've seen pretty highs, pretty high highs and pretty low lows with him, even just this year. I I certainly understand the 21% ownership. Interesting to me that like he's the, well, besides from Amen, he's the highest owned guy on the team. I have no problem with anyone from Toronto, though. I mean, from Houston. Yeah. Speaking of Toronto, uh, Emmanuel quickly pulling 19% ownership. Scotty Barnes and RJ Barrett, both around 10. They shipped out Thad Young. They shipped out Dennis Schroeder. Uh, I feel like I'm missing one more person, but maybe I'm not. Otto Porter. Oh, yeah. Otto Porter uh, doesn't really count as much in this scenario. Uh, they brought in Spencer Dinwiddie and already cut him. So he will not be showing up anytime soon for the Toronto Raptors. So they are a little thin. I don't think those guys end up mattering, whether that's Grady Dick picking up time, whether that's Jordan Wara picking up time. Not sure it matters. Maybe Bruce Brown gets a, a big chunk of minutes. Don't know if that matters either. We've got Scotty Barnes at 17% optimal, 10% owned. We've got like sort of the inverse on quickly, 12% optimal, 19% owned. They are the two guys that I'd be looking at first. I think Yaka Pertle and RJ Barrett both look all right. I don't want to get a ton of this, but I like the four main real NBA players that still exist for the Raptors. So do I. And the tools say I should love Barnes. Yeah. I have a hard time with that though right now. Like, it's almost like De'Aaron Fox, but even worse. He's still priced up. He is not playing the same role with Quickly and Barrett in the lineup. So no. I know Siakam's gone, and I'm not not playing him because of this. But when you look at his game log, he hasn't gone over 45 fantasy points in like eight games. At 8,500, like you need that. You need at least 40. I mean, at least you want that 45 is like a, 
net outcome at 4,500. I've got 51 as the target score. Okay, so yeah, there you go. Um, And like, I get it. He's got upside here. He seems to be really high as far as leverage goes every slate right now. I think I'm just going to wait to see it in order to play him as someone who plays minimal lineups. If I were multi-entering, I'd probably just be getting over the field on him every slate because he's not crazy high-owned and we know he's got upside. I do like quickly a lot, though. I know I should like Barnes more, but quickly is almost 2K cheaper. No Schroeder should obviously doesn't hurt quickly. I'm not sure how much it helps him, but it doesn't hurt him here. He looks like the best piece. I guess the only reason I I could fathom that Barnes' optimal percentage is so much higher is the small forward eligibility, and there are a lot of good point guards. I think that is is carrying a lot of weight for him. I'm with you, though. I'm over on quickly. He's my most exposed Toronto guy. I'm neutral to Barnes. I have 10%, which I'm very happy with. And I have about 10% of RJ Barrett as well. But I'm not really looking too far down the list for Toronto today. No, same. BetMGM is the sponsor of this show. Got a little bit of an offer for you. If you're in a legal sports betting state, this one's simple. Bet $5 after you click the link and sign up, obviously. Bet $5, get $158 in bonus bets. That's going to be two $50 bonus bets and one $58 bonus bet representing Super Bowl 58. Worst case scenario in this deal, you bet 5 bucks and lose You lose a $50 bonus bet, you lose a $50 bonus bet, you lose a $58 bonus bet, but you're only out five bucks of your own money. The more likely scenario, you pick off one or two of those bad boys and you're starting off a bankroll pretty nicely and all it did was cost you five bucks to get in the door. Download the app if you need to, iOS or Android. Got to place a wager of at least five bucks. Nat is going to unlock this bad boy for you. The legal age for gambling. Is 21 or over in most states. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Take advantage of that offer. Use Odd Shopper if you need more plays. Charlotte Hornets, two touchdown underdogs in Milwaukee, 232 total. They got rid of Ish Smith, Frank Nilakina, Gordon Hayward, uh, James Booknight. I feel like I'm missing somebody out. PJ Washington is now on his way to Dallas in one of the worst trades that I saw yesterday. Um, we won't have to do that one any longer. We have around 20% ownership coming into Miles Bridges, around 15 coming into Cody Martin, around 10 to 15 for Nick Richards, and around 10 for Brandon Miller. I think the four guys that I just named are the only ones you want to get to. They're also the four guys that either have higher than 10% optimal rates or around 10% or more in ownership. Do you have a Hornet that stands out? Because the matchup against Milwaukee on a back-to-back without Chris Middleton, probably potentially without Damian Lillard, fast team, bad defense. Does Charlotte kind of look okay here? Should Charlotte be favored in this spot? No, I, no, no, but I'm just kidding. No, no. Um, Milwaukee is, is that bad right now though. Like they are, they are teetering. Um, Charlotte, that's obviously right there with Detroit as one of they're better than Detroit, but that's only because Detroit had that disastrous streak. Like those teams are very comparable in my mind. How can you not at least like Miles Bridges at the moment, though? With yeah. no Lamelo. 22% right now, looking good. No Rogier. I mean, he is doing everything right now. We talked about how a couple games ago he scored a ton, didn't have a monster fantasy score because he didn't do anything else. Well, he scored a ton and did other stuff last game. So he's just going to do a ton in, in this 
Celtics offense right now because they really don't have anyone else. That said, all of them are coming in with leverage. All four guys you mentioned, Richards and Miller, Cody Martin and Bridges. I'm fine with any of them. I'm fine with playing a couple of them. I love Giannis on the other side. Um, So I think using, getting Charlotte, Charlotte exposure is more than fine with me here. They're in a, a good spot. Yeah, I'm either neutral or a little bit over on Bridges, Martin, and Brandon Miller. I'm a little under on Nick Richards. I'm okay with that. Look, it's finding a center is usually pretty easy to do. I don't have much interest in Leaky Black, assuming he continues to start. Nick Smith is like a little sneaky at 3,900. He's small forward only, but they're they're so short on bodies. They only they have they have ten dudes that can play today. Like one of them's Amari Bailey, who I didn't know was a thing. Um, like they don't really love playing like Nate Mensa and JT Thor all that much. The interesting part for Nick Smith will be because he's obviously actually in the rotation no matter what. But if this game goes the way that it's supposed to, based on the line, Nick Smith is going to close this game in a blowout. They don't have other dudes that can take that role today. Like they're it's not gonna be I wouldn't expect it to be Miles Bridges and I wouldn't expect it to be Brandon Miller. Nick Smith can be out there in a closing lineup. So he might get regular rotations and stack a closing rotation if this game is a 30 point game like it very well could be depending on how it breaks so i think he's a little sneaky as a value option because he has some upside upside for extra minutes if it goes bad i agree with that i also like i know the spread says otherwise i personally am much more confident in charlotte keeping this game close if dame is out than i am washington keeping their game close with boston yeah, the, the Dame status matters a lot. Like if Dame's in, Dame and Giannis can just pick and roll their way to right. a 20-point win here, and and it's not going to be much. If Dame's out, though, then I'm with you. Like this can get a lot worse, or this could get a lot better, I guess, for Charlotte. All of a sudden, if Dame is out, I kind of like the idea of going Giannis and those four Charlotte guys because those four guys are going to do everything for the Hornets, presuming this game's competitive. You want to talk about this Milwaukee side? Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty much Giannis or bust for me, but I mean, Ooh, yeah, I got a I got a slightly different stance here. So I have Dame in, and so do okay. we. Uh we don't have Middleton in either. That's obviously all up for debate for later today. We have about 15 to 20% ownership to Lopez, Lillard, Giannis, and Crowder. Now, I obviously like Giannis today, no matter what, at 11-8. I liked him yesterday. I'm happily gonna take him against Charlotte if I can. I think he looks better than like Jokic or uh, you know, Tatum, whatever you want to say, Sabonis if you want to, against Denver. Um, $4,500 Jay Crowder, if Chris Middleton's out, is still going to play like 32 or 33 minutes, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a little chasey if you're expecting what he did last night. But I hate that he did that yesterday. Because I know. Now I'm getting, I like, he's my he's one of my most exposed guys now. But I don't think Jay Crowder is going to do that from yesterday. But he's 4,500 and he's going to start and close as best I could tell. Yeah, I think he looks like a really good value play. I don't want to say the best value play or a must for me just because Amen Thompson, the Philly guys, Oma Yuri. I have to wait and see how that shakes out. All of a sudden, if like they do start Kuzma at the five and that value becomes minimal, I think that Crowder becomes even a better look. And no matter what, it's such a good spot for Milwaukee. If Middleton's out, Certainly if Dame and Middleton are out. The other thing we've seen is that, I mean, I know he's only coached a couple games, but Rivers seems to trust Crowder starting him a couple games, playing him big minutes. That's important for a guy like Crowder. Yeah. 
Now, obviously, I th- you're in for Giannis. Do you like Dame here at 8,900 if he's in? Because I certainly have no problem getting to that one. No, no problem with it at all. I think the biggest issue I'll have with actually rostering Dame is the point guard eligibility. Yeah. If we lose Dame, do you want to play $3,500 AJ Green and hope he just doesn't miss shots? He didn't miss last night. That was a great call by you. Uh, I was going to message you, great call, AJ Green, but I had a feeling, well, I knew you were over on Giannis, so it like wasn't even, didn't even matter. Um, no, it didn't. And I certainly didn't get to AJ Green either. And I feel like <laughs> if you did play AJ Green, it was because you played Giannis, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Giannis, Giannis ruined everything for me. I had like 60 something percent. Yeah. So I was like, uh, he probably doesn't even want to hear from me right now, anyways. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, Everyone on Milwaukee, it's such a good spot for them. I mean, Pat Connaughton becomes in play. Um, yeah. I mean, we saw it last night in a much tougher spot. I think the guys that are going to get minutes here are all in play. Keep a close eye for this injury report. Make sure that Middleton is out. If we lose Dame again, which why not sit him against Charlotte when you're you know going to be double-digit favorites? Like, Just try to get him as right as you possibly can. No sense in taking any additional risks if you don't have to, but something's going to look really good for Milwaukee and something in that Lopez, Lillard, Giannis, Crowder group. Like these guys are going to be 15, 20 persona owned at a minimum, even if Dame is in. Man, I totally get why they made the deal for Dame, but it is looking even worse than like the biggest detractors thought. And it's not even just Dame versus Drew. Losing Grayson Allen is is massive for them in my mind. I just don't think they saw this coming for out of Grayson Allen. Uh, he's been so bad defensively too, which they've seen in the past. I just, I wonder if you could go back in time, do you attach all the assets you traded out for Dame and try to send out Middleton for a different style wing? Yeah, because that's the other big problem with them is Middleton. I don't want he's to say not the third. Dust. He's not the third best guy on a championship team any longer. No, he's not. And yeah, this, this this roster has problems. Uh, they do. I know ultimately they have Giannis, so still right. probably put them second in the East, but they're, they're a team with a ton of flaws right now. They really are. A team with not flaws. The reigning defending undisputed champs, the Denver Nuggets, one-point dogs in Sacramento, 232 total. We have 10% ownership coming into 11-6 Jokic. Single digits across the board for everybody else. Single digit optimal rates. For everybody else, they play at the worst pace in the league. It's a decent enough spot, but this is just the same sort of rotation and everything we get every other day. Nothing changed for Denver. So they're just standard Denver. I don't see a single priority here. Obviously, feel free to play Nikola Jokic if you can. Surprise their dogs in this spot. They did play last night. Sacramento's good, but the regular season, I get doesn't really matter. So. There's nothing from Denver I love from a DFS perspective at all. I think you said it best. Like, they're priced efficiently. We know who they are. Kind of need guys to be out for them at this moment to want to prioritize them. Yeah, I got a share of Jokic, a couple shares of MPJ, a couple shares of, of Jamal Murray, and that's it. Like, they are just a wildly unappealing team. And then you head over to the Sacramento side. They're the ones that actually have to face Denver, this slow team, so... Pace down spot, solid enough defense from Denver. You're getting 15% ownership to to Herder, around 10 for Barnes and Monk, and then like five to 10 on Sabonis and Fox and Trey Lyles. 
I don't really see any priorities here. I think Keegan Murray is like a little interesting. I'll continue to go back to the Fox well, hoping that $8,200 price tag could pay me off at some point. But I don't really see any priorities for the Sacramento side. I said it earlier, and I, I feel the, the same way. Fox is exactly like Scotty Barnes to me right now. If I were multi-entering, I'd yeah. want to be over the field because we know both those guys have upsides at their price points, but they're also too expensive for their median outcome at this moment. That could change in a week, but right now, Fox just isn't producing like his price tag presumes he should be. So, again, you don't want to take too much into that because you want to look at his career and his full season-long numbers, but the problem is like there's other really good plays in his price point that you'd be playing him over. So as someone who plays minimal lineups, hard for me to get to Fox coming in with a little bit of leverage, but still only 7% chance of being optimal. Sacramento is tough to get to. This game is appealing from a real life perspective, not so much from a DFS perspective. Yeah. I want to watch this one a lot more than I want to play it for DFS. You'll end up with like a like scattered starters from either side or like last guys in for your lineups today, but we don't know. There's not a single priority in Denver or Sacramento, unless you're a big Jokic guy. I'll never tell anybody that he's not a priority no matter what's happening. Oh, of course not. It's just, he's not for me, I guess is the best way to put it tonight. Yep. Agree. And then we close it out. The New Orleans Pelicans, one point favorites in Los Angeles, taking on the Lakers. For the Pels, continues to be sort of the same thing we always see. Q-Tag Najee Marshall, Q-Tag Joe Val, Q-Tag Zion. Lots of value in those Q-Tags. We've got about 20% ownership to BI, to CJ, around 25 to Zion. I'm getting all three of those guys in a big way. We've got a lot of negative leverage here, but I've got 30% of CJ. I've got 15% of Brandon Ingram. I've got 30% of Zion. I'm getting to the three main dudes from the Pels, and this could look way different if we lose Zion, if we lose Joe Val. We might free up some value on a Larry Nance or something like that, or potentially a flat 3K Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Uh, Pelicans look pretty good here. This might be my favorite team on the slate, and a lot of it's just pricing. Like I hate the negative leverage, but it's easy to balance out with guys that aren't getting love. Yeah, Zion is almost a thousand dollars too cheap in my mind here. Like certainly for his upside, he's way, way too cheap coming off a monster game against the Clippers. Last time out price fell to 7,100. He looks like one of, if not the best play on the slate in my mind at 7,100. He looks great to me. McCollum, same story, way too cheap. 6,700, you know, certainly if you get Zion out, McCollum and Ingram become locks. But even if Zion's in, McCollum looks amazing at 6,700. 6,700 projected for 38 fantasy points. Brandon Ingram, who in real life is my favorite of the bunch, probably my least favorite of the bunch with Zion in just because of the pricing. He's 1,000 more than McCollum, 600 more than Zion. And then we'll have to wait and see on what happens with Jonas. Uh, Could get some serious value here in a good spot against the Lakers. I love the Pelicans tonight. I'm completely in in agreement with everything that you just said. I've got 30% of Zion and CJ. So like I'm out in front of it. If we lose Zion, you know, we're bumping up Trey Murphy for sure. You probably give an extra minute to Herb Jones, Ingram and McCollum, then immediately look a little bit better. If we lose Joe Val, then we're paying attention to Larry Nance, Jeremiah Robinson, Earl. Things start to look a little bit better there. There's a lot going on for the Pelicans that could look really, really good tonight. Yeah, they already look good. So all of a sudden you get guys out, they just look like, they just look even better. 
Now on the Lakers side, uh, they were uneventful during the deadline. We have single digit ownership coming into everybody for the Lakers. They played yesterday, so we don't have an injury report. Assume AD and LeBron are both questionable until you hear otherwise. If we lose one of those two guys, then I think we can actually get to some things for the Lakers. But for right now, the highest owned dude is LeBron at 4%. And the highest optimal is LeBron at 6.5%. I actually do like AD at 10-2 in this spot. Revenge narrative alert against the Pels. He's 4% owned. That's a pretty sneaky late night GPP spot for me. I can't remember if it was him or DeMarcus Cousins that is used to just go nuts against their old team. It might have been both of them. Surely Cousins uh, (laughs) has that like sort of vibe in his mind. Uh, I can't imagine AD cares all that much at this point. You know, he's got a title in four years in the Lakers. So I I doubt he cares too much, but um, 4% ownership for him tonight. I doubt there's even anyone there who he played with or there's in, definitely no one he no. played with. Ingram no, was in they the were trade. In the, right. Um, yeah. I don't know if like Garrett Temple's not on the team. <laughs> <laughs> I like Davis here. Our tools do not though. Um, no. He's much lower in the boom bust tool than he's been in a while. I think that's just a testament to his price point rising and only center eligible now, which is a change we've seen. That said, I also like him in this spot here. Like, yeah, this game should still be competitive in my mind. Um, yeah, hard to prioritize them, like you said. If one, if both are in of, of Braun and, and Davis, Braun actually looks a little bit better in our tools. I like both of them. I think my biggest plus for them is they just give you roster flexibility with the New Orleans news. Yeah. I'm going to pay very close attention to this one when we get that injury report. I'd like to lock down some Lakers exposure and see what we can get swapping around on those Pels guys and Lakers guys. Anything else you want to touch on for the Lakers here? Because I don't think we really need to talk about the ancillary pieces of the Lakers unless we know that until we know one of those guys could be out. It doesn't really matter to me for the rest of the guys. No, although I don't think Russell played last night. Um, Is he... Any idea? He he did not play last night. No. Is he questionable today or we don't know? We don't have an injury report or anything yet. So if if he doesn't play, like obviously start looking at, I don't know, Skylar Mays or something. Or Reeves even. I know he's priced where he should be, but, you know, he all of a sudden takes on a bigger offensive role and more minutes. So I don't know. The Lakers don't look nearly as good as New Orleans, but I like New Orleans a lot. So inherently I have a, a little bit of interest in the Lakers themselves. Anything else you want to touch on? That's it, man. NFL strategy show coming up next. You don't want to miss it. Closing out their season, basically, before Sunday for the Super Bowl. We've got tons of NBA content coming up later today for the Deeper Dive and Live Before Lock. Enjoy your Friday night. Have a safe weekend, everybody. Don't do anything stupid on Sunday. We'll talk to you guys later.